0: Five star ratings if you're listening to this on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. And if you're not, have a great day. See ya. We are here with the boys, and before we get started, I, I've noticed I've been doing a terrible job of introductions. So uh, on my left, virtually, is Austin Byler. Hello. Let's <laughs> go. And below me from the island, virtually, is uh, QB Meyer.
1: What's up, guys?
0: so at least we have some feel for who is who um <laughs> so it's been a little bit since the three of us have gotten together we've just kind of reminisced even really a little bit trying to catch up so what's been up guys q q start us off man
1: Yeah, nothing much man just uh living the daily grind um just started the firefighting program in hawaii uh last week kicking my butt so far uh but it's very fun. There's 22 of us in the class, and um, we are all working toward the same goal of graduating in about eight months.
0: That's wild. Are you guys uh, full-blown fighting fires yet, or you guys, is it a slow process to get to that?
1: It's a slow process. The, you know, the biggest change for me is they're paramilitary. So we got the lineup in the morning. We got the order arms, salute. You know. Everything that uh, the military would do, and then we break off into our maintenance groups. And so my my group, we're doing uh, vehicles. So we check the chiefs' vehicles or the higher up vehicles, make sure they're um, you know they got all the things they need to have their car run efficiently. And then we also gotta wash them every day. So yeah. it's a big change um, <laughs> from you know the whole baseball world.
0: Yeah, it's not like giving lessons, huh?
1: <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Uh,
0: we'll we'll have to recap on that. and Keep us updated uh, throughout your progress. When are you supposed to graduate?
1: Uh, right now, June fourth. June fourth is that graduation date. Um, you know, it's only a week and a half in, but it feels like it's been three months already. <laughs> oh boy, we got some time. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah.
0: Uh, and BZB, Austin Byler, uh, quick update, uh, we finished out our Reno trip, how was it?
2: Uh, Reno trip was incredible, I'll get in that to that in a minute, but it was QB's birthday yesterday, but when you hear this, it would be almost a week before you hear this, so happy birthday Q, go out, wish him a happy birthday, the dude's been crushing it, uh, fire department is not easy, but hey, it takes discipline to be in there, I guess? I don't know, it must be hard Q, I'm pumped for you. Um, but, yeah, the right. Reno camp was awesome. Ray and I went out there. Uh, we got to go out to Reno again for, I believe it might have actually been our third time being out there uh, since we started the company and um, had a great turnout at the actual skills clinic on the field. We had two speaking engagements, one Wednesday that was with a softball program. Amazing. Coach Liz, she does an amazing job with Northern Tilt, um, Northern Nevada Tilt. And then, on Thursday, we were at the Scorpions Baseball Palace, which was awesome. Seeing one, an old coach of ours, Coach Flurry, uh, he coached us at Nevada when we first got there, and then um, just being able to impact the kids. We had a bigger turnout than we expected for that event, which was really, really cool. So, a lot of great, great progression and movement going forward. A lot of momentum, even with the crazy COVID and <clears throat> excuse me, and all the youth sports things that are going on. So, I was very, very thrilled with it. What do you think, Ray? What was your a little? Quick 30-second recap from the Reno trip. Uh, Loved being
0: back on the field again, coaching some guys. Uh, Got some great feedback, even got reached out to by text by one of the players that had already been seeing some great success with what we were doing in the cages. So that just pumped me up, you know, just uh, seeing guys really utilize what we had been putting out there. So that was awesome, one. Uh, And two, getting there to University of Nevada again, going back to the stomping ground, seeing Coach Bruce, coach kyle hunt who's getting married here in a week or so by the time this thing's coming out um really awesome we got hooked up with some gear i've been rocking that beanie every day so uh, <laughs> awesome time for sure and and on top of that we we got to see some great world series games while we're up there what was it four while we're up there it was a little back and forth game
2: yep game four it was an insane game back and forth uh, i believe that was the brett phillips walk-off game where uh, you never know when your time comes. The dude wasn't even assigned to the playoff roster after the, before the first series, and then after the first series, he got called up from the training camp. Like that's staying ready. And, and what do you know? We talk a lot about breathing and our power of our breath. Well, Brian Kane, who does a lot of mental work in the game, posted a picture of Brett Phillips doing a. Breath before he stepped into the box, finding his focal point. You can say finding your zen and getting relaxed before that big moment. And he drives in the game-winning run, and and the rest is history. And they lose. So um, it was great. We'll get into more to the loss. That's going to be interesting. But dude, just, just like you said, right? Seeing the athletes use the tools. I know QB out in Hawaii, seeing his athletes benefit from what he's teaching them. That's the best part about being a coach and helping people. And I mean, call us whatever you want to call us, but. As long as we're here to serve and help people, that's been the biggest beauty of major league university in the last two years, brief two years that we've even been together.
0: Helping players be the best version of themselves, I believe that's uh, the goal every day. So, um, But hey, let's kind of get a little bit more into this World Series and uh, I had gone in thinking it was going to be Rays all the way, uh, and maybe that was a little bit more of a bias as a Giants fan.
2: Hundred um, percent bias.
0: <laughs> exactly. I, you know, I don't know, but but on paper, the Dodgers incredible team. Uh, what did you guys think? Let's start with Q. Who were you thinking was going to win this series going into it?
1: Um, you know, being uh, an ex-Ray player, I was hoping the Rays would pull it off, but you know, at the same time. The Dodgers um, you know, pitching and hitting, like both uh sides of their game or were, were on top of it, you know, the best of the bet or the best of that they could be in the World Series. Um, Rays, I felt like their hitting wasn't, you know, at the same level as the Dodgers could produce. So, uh and it, it just, you know, goes to show it uh it should have ended yesterday. <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, that game forward crazy game. Yeah. Um you know, we got a tumble around third base, and uh, but you know, catcher didn't handle the ball, and um, you know, Rays pulled it off to fight to live another day. But yeah, I was hoping the Rays would pull it off, but yeah, Dodgers, you know, Dodgers seemed to be that team that I thought was going to win it.
0: Not just did the catcher misplay that ball. I mean, if we go up to the top, you as an outfielder before, you would know. Hey, you're not trying to be the hero. We just want you to field the ball and get it in. And it took just a split second of the loss of the eye, so that ball kicks. The recovery happens. All of a sudden, Rosa Rain is rolling around third base, like you said. Ball comes in just in time. Catcher misplays it. I mean, it was a snowball fight of epic proportions. <laughs> um, By, what were your thoughts going in?
2: Yeah, going in... As much as I hate to admit it, I was pulling for the Dodger blue. I know, Ray, that you wouldn't have given them a shot even if they had Nolan Ryan and Satchel Paige on the mound, but uh, (laughs) it's okay. But for me, I have wanted the Dodgers to win strictly because they've been so screwed in the past with the Red Sox and the Astros World Series. Uh, Potentially could have been cheated on in those series. I don't really know that for sure, but hey. I'm assuming it happened. So the fact that they've been there multiple times and they've lost, they know how salty it can feel to lose, and they finally got that win, barring whatever the season that we had. I know some people on Twitter have put an asterisk on their Twitter page, which is interesting. But, hey, you play to win the game, and this is the season that we have. You, everybody's dealt the same cards. There's no excuses. We go out there, we stay prepared, we stay ready, and it's not easy to be prepared like that. You saw a lot of good teams go down early. So, um, to see them come out was awesome. I love the Rays. I thought it was cool to see a low-budget team, low-payroll squad out there in the in the championship. But hey, we got some new rising stars in the game, and, and the Dodgers—they pulled it out, and good for them, man.
0: Uh, I think, like you said, everybody's on the same playing field. Like they won it fair and square, uh, and they got a lineup full of dudes. I mean, I was looking at it today. I just had to write it down. Let me see. I can't even find it. I'll find it later, but. It's incredible. You got Mookie Seager, Max Muncy, Will Smith, whose OPS was like fourteen hundred going into that. Like every dude is legit. Um, but let's get into Game Six, and, and I'm gonna replay this because this is the controversy we're gonna be talking about today. Um, you mean there was controversy?
2: You mean there was some controversy in that game, right?
0: <laughs> no, go ahead. Dude. Explain before we before we show it. Explain to the crowd what what had happened. The
2: analytics say to do one thing. The gut, in the human instinct, say to do another thing. That's what I'm gonna say on this one. Um, don't always trust the snowball. I don't Q, know what Q, did means.
3: you watch
1: the game last night? I watched uh, the tail end of it, but oh man, I—I I mean, if you're all over, if you're on Twitter, I mean, you—you you have to have come across this at some point.
0: I'm just gonna play this. I cut this up. It's Blake Snell, uh kind of all his outs, um, play by play, so you can see just how dominant this outing
1: was.
3: He's three games to two, and a strikeout starts the night for Snell.
2: Disgusting.
3: How about that start for Snell after his teammates got him one back to back strikeouts? strikeout? The He's the will be of the top, bro.
2: I would be okay if Joe Buck stopped announcing to that He night. struck
3: out the side. He won a little clunker out in front of the Snell another makes... Another strikeout for... American... Made it look easy. He has struck out. Taylor hits a knock into left-center field. Taylor's and the, the had their first <laughs> yeah. of the night. That's hard hit. Caught Wendell. Reached tie to grab it one-on-one-out. Just be poor... Chopped to third, a third, tough guy by Wendell, wide throw tag by G-Man Choi. First today.
2: baseman never getting any love either. Look at that. Move the feed, big they fella. First step.
3: Another strikeout for Snell. It's Pollock, and he picked behind second base.
0: Coach Jay would say he's getting stronger at this point.
2: Yeah, literally. And the number nine
3: man, Barnes, is a boy. Oh, do a
2: jam shot, basically. 73 pitches, dude. You're going to pull the guy throwing an absolute gem in a game where you have to win because your analytics say right on right at 96 is more effective than left on right at 98 and sinking and moving. Give me a break, dude. This could go forever. This is a joke. This is blasphemy. (laughs) I have no other words, man. I'm so disappointed, and if I'm Blake Snell, I am furious this just goes to show that no matter how smart you are you can't coach gut you can't coach heart you can't coach the feel of the game with analytics thank you that's my uh soapbox
0: (laughs) i was gonna say once we got you off the soapbox uh let me give you the line 5.1 uh five and a third two hits one earned run nine punchies Really, one ball hit hard. QB, if you're the coach in that situation, are you buying into the analytics to say, "Hey, I don't want him to face the guys three times around"?
1: Uh, I'm leaving them in. I mean, you you gotta at this point. It, even like, I'm an analytical guy. I get it. Um, I get the move right. If it, if the computer's telling you that stats-wise, the right and right 96 will match up better than a lefty. Um, then, you know, maybe you would change them. But, you know, baseball, not everyone feels their best every day. Um, you never know what some, – some days you just don't know how you're going to perform. And if you see Snell on the mound just absolutely dealing, there's no reason to pull him out. I mean, that's where the, the feel comes in. That's where the, the gut instinct comes in. I guarantee that, um, you know, Kevin Cash was very, like, in the middle. But he went with the analytical side, and you know, made that decision, and it, it ultimately could have led to uh, you know the Dodgers' victory. Who knows? You know, maybe maybe leaves Snell in, and he does get lit up. But yeah. we'll never know at this point. We won't, you know. And um, you know, there's a lot of what ifs. If what if he had stayed in the game? But at the end of the day, you know, what happened happened.
0: Because it's it's the idea of. The Patriots and um, the Eagles, right? Uh, that was the game where, hey, if they don't throw it, wait, hold, hold on, who was that game? Whoa, what the Seahawks
2: game? Or the Seahawks? Or, there you know, we go. The one-yard line. You got Marshawn Lynch, aka his name is Beast Mode. Give yep. him the ball. Oh man, come on.
0: <laughs> but if that passes in the end zone, you know that the headline the next day is a completely different headline. <laughs> Nobody and says a like word. Like a genius.
2: <laughs> Great um, play. Awesome route. Nice
0: yeah, <laughs> it outthinks him, you know. But
2: you know, I think uh, like in this I get like you got to you play the numbers, right? You play the numbers. just like the shift, you play the numbers. So I understand the situation. But at some point we've got to go back to not like QB said, not every guy has it every day, right? And whether you have your stuff or not, um, that's for the guy to be honest with you about and, and your team to know but you gotta have that gut feeling as a manager and he went with his gut so he, he made the decision he'll deal with the critics saying things but um, all in all that's your horse he's gotten you to this point I just think you owe him the respect to at least face one more battery you struck the dude out twice you saw the pitches 98 at the eyes both times swung through not even close one on like three pitches so um, I don't know you gotta give the guy a chance to at least get one more out He was four and
0: two-thirds, I think, was his longest outing going in to the postseason.
1: Yeah, that's insane, too. I mean, with so many, like, arms developing in everyone's systems, I mean, there's really no reason for a pitcher to face, you know, the same lineup a third time. But, you know, at the end of the day, too, like, analytics just doesn't measure everything. It measures, you know, stat lines and whatnot, but it doesn't measure how— each player feels that day whether it's snell or whether it's each batter in the box that he's facing i mean some guys could be red hot in the box right and um you know maybe they're red hot but they're still hitting like 190 versus right. a guy who's hitting 480 and uh, you know he's he's in a slump so analytics don't tell the whole story
0: where do you draw the line? Uh, when, is, when is the right time to use the analytics versus the right time to go with your gut?
1: I mean, I mean analytics is so new, um, but, you know, Kevin Cash has been around the game for so long. I think uh, he knows, I even think he was second guessing himself as he took him out. You know, there, he had to have been, uh, you know, he, he knows that he, Snell is throwing a gem. But with the way analytics say, you know, then uh, he just went with his gun and took him out. Mookie it's probably has the... a home run right there if he leaves
0: him <laughs> <You know? laughs> We'll never
2: know. I don't know. I'd like to see that. I would have too. I would have
0: too. I, I think he deserved it. I think it was uh him second guessing himself after after pulling him out in the early on in the series. I think after four and two thirds he gave up a knock or something there too. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's frustrating to see. I think, I think they both handled it well. Like, let me get into this, his postseason post-game talk here.
2: No, I mean, the, the only motive was that, um, the, the, the lineup, the Dodgers feature is as potent as any team in the league. Personally, I felt Blake had done his job and then some, uh, Mookie coming around for the third time through. Uh, I value that. Uh, I I totally respect and understand the, the questions that come with it. Uh, Blake gave us every opportunity to win. He was outstanding. They're not easy decisions, um, and that's where I came to the decision. I felt it was best after the guy got on base. Uh, Barnes hit the single. Uh, didn't want Mookie seeing Mookie or Seeger seeing Blake uh, a third time.
1: Um, dude, I will add one thing onto that. You know, as a hitter. If I'm Mookie Betts or if I'm Seager and I struck out twice uh, before, at that point I would probably figure out the pitcher. But that's just myself. As that's if, you. you, know. Like some guys, some guys will, you know, want that pitching change. But for me, I'd want to see that same guy again, unless I'm really un- like overmatched, which I don't think, you know, those two guys are. Definitely not overmatched by uh, facing Snell.
0: Bye, you just punched out twice versus Blake Snell.
2: Uh, well, I'm left-handed, so that's a disgusting matchup. <laughs> so if I'm if I'm Seager right there, I'm thinking hallelujah. If I'm Betts, I'm okay facing him because right on left, left on right, either way you're going to see it better. But left on left at 97-98 with the two-seamer and, and the other stuff he has – that's not a very fun at-bat when I can face 96 from the right side and lick my chops after 2Ks. So it's a tough decision, but 2Ks, Q's right. You start to figure the guy out, and you're a little upset, so you're like, okay, well, I'm going to get this dude. Like I want that third at-bat, so I see that decision. But in my case, left on left, I'll pass, and I'm happy with that. <laughs> Thanks, Coach.
0: I honestly, at that point, I'm going, please, I mean, give me the right on right. I'm over this guy. Like, <laughs> here, Have you? did you guys hear what Blake said about it?
3: No. I don't really know what to say, you know. I just, uh, I want to win, and I want to win the World Series, and that's the goal. So for us to lose, uh, yeah, I mean, it just sucks. I mean, I'm not going to question him. I mean, he's a hell of a manager, so I'm not going to question him. Uh, I'll voice my opinion, and yeah, I can only look forward to, you know, the offseason, what I'm going to accomplish this offseason to get ready to, you know, be the best me I can be for, for next year. But we came up short, um, and the only thing you can do from this point is get better and focus on what, you know, what I can do to be better for next year. This year is over with. Uh, congrats to the Dodgers. You know, they 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 played better than us, uh, and they earned it. So, so good job to them. But... Yeah, we just, we came up short, and that's pretty much it. I thought he handled it pretty good.
2: Yeah, I I would agree, especially in that situation. You can tell he's upset, but hey, he's not going to throw your manager under the bus for any reason. There's no reason to throw anyone under the bus. He went with his gut nine times out of ten. That decision probably works. It just happened to be the one time where it didn't work that everybody's going to blow you up. It's like Kershaw in the playoffs. Like The dude's one of the best pitchers of all time, but... He struggled a little in the playoffs because he stays in too late. So, it, like, where do you draw the line there? Um, I don't know. It's just good to see good baseball competing back and forth and seeing big leaguers make mistakes so the youth aren't like, oh, i got to be perfect. Like, even big leaguers make simple mistakes like lifting my head up before the ball gets in my glove or trying to catch it and tag before I catch the ball. So, uh, fun to watch, fun to watch.
0: What's, uh, what's your thought on the shift? did you guys get shifted on yeah
2: every every at-bat literally every at-bat it, it never failed left right slow submarine <laughs> um average joe in the outfield eating popcorn drink beer <laughs> every single at-bat was full shift for right side uh occasionally but most shortstop or, or not the third baseman play short and then or did they? No, the shortstop play short. They send the third baseman over up the middle. I think, push the second baseman back.
1: Nice. Um, yeah, I, I got shifted down a little bit. It wasn't uh, it wasn't a lot. Mine wasn't a heavy shift. Mine would be just like, you know, a f- few steps over, but mostly to the pull side. So interesting thing about that is, uh, this off season, Kai Correa with the Giants, uh, we hopped on a few Zoom calls with them, and um, he he pulled up a diagram of stats, basically, and he had I think four or five lanes that you know broke into different sections of the field, like first base, second base, up the middle, shortstop, and and third base, and he had percentages of right-handed hitters and left-handed hitters, and basically you would want to shift after you've seen that diagram. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's majority of the balls that are hit on the ground to the pull side for right-handed and left-handed hitters. So if you're a lefty, if you got a lefty at, at the plate, you know, shift over to that right side. And so one of my questions to him was, at at the at the high school level, is it worth shifting? And he said, yep, same thing. I mean, most guys, right, they're going to roll over to the – uh, pull side uh there will be occasional guys that will um you know pull it in the air or uh, hit it on the ground to the other side but you figure those guys out pretty quickly go ahead
2: and so, i was gonna say even psychologically for that at the high school level you're a high school kid you've probably got a big ego and you think you can do everything so you try to manipulate your swing to hit it through the shift well now the pitcher and the other team won because you're trying to manipulate your plan to what the defense is doing because everybody on TV says, well, why don't you just hit it to the left side and just poke it down the line for a double? Well, if it's that easy, why don't you grab the bat and do it? It's not that easy. 97 coming in on your hands, I can't hit that down the third base line effectively for a double. It's hard enough to bunt that pitch. So um, just at the high school level, that's a great question to ask you, and I think for any coaches out there listening to this, like, hey, just get your kids used to it, right? You don't have to do full-blown big poppy shift, but just get them used to moving around, playing other areas on the field. Um, and now we increase the development of our youth so when they get to college and they get to pro ball, if they do, well, they're ready for it. They're not just taken by storm when a shift comes to play. So um, I, I think that's that's solid. It's good stuff.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's it's not a foolproof plan, you know? You're, you're going in with zone coverage. And playing the percentages at that point. And I, as a righty's up there, I'm willing to give up the first baseline. If we get beat down the first baseline,
1: yeah,
2: so be it. Yeah, cool. I just tip like that,
1: right? And, uh, you know, some guys have that bat control that they see the shift, they can put it where the players aren't. But yeah, at those times, you just tip your cap. But in most cases, you'd rather have, you know, someone hit a single than for someone to put it out of the park, too.
0: Well, and then there was guys like you that would drop one down the left field line for a double and then when they start shading that line you hit one in the left center gap to put it back again. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> hey man, that's uh yeah, a lot of a lot of pepper growing up, man. A lot of pepper growing up.
0: Is that the key to being able to rake doubles and hit anything?
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Dude, a hey, hand-eye coordination stuff. That's that's the real deal. I mean, if you have hand-eye coordination, you should be able to to do that. But, the, you know, I practice that kind of stuff, too. Uh, I, sometimes I practice fouling balls off. <laughs> as, yeah. as funky as it sounds. I mean, just like big leaguers, I'm sure they mess around with some ground balls, play, you know, making some trick plays with their gloves and whatnot. But they practice that. If you practice it, you can do it in the games.
0: Alfonso Rivas and uh, Cesar Salazar on the Arizona team used to call that spoil swings so they go butt out reach for one foul it off we're like what do you got, what are you doing
1: spoil oh, swing yeah.
0: <laughs> you gotta work on that
1: it works it works and you get a better pitch later on in that that bet uh,
0: for people that would say hey
2: ban the shift yes or no in my opinion yeah ban it because it its took away a lot of hits (laughs) on my end come on man if i pulled the ball it's on the ground we know that if it goes in the air it's left center gap so uh no keep it going as part of the game you might as well i mean soon there's going to be an electronic umpire at some point so like might as well keep the shifts in Uh, you can't really change it too many people are going to want the shifts it's it's too effective to get out of the game
1: yeah agreed i mean I, i i like the shifts honestly in my opinion um I'll always coach shifts if I were to coach an infield. Um, but yeah, like you just got to evolve. You know, if, if the main goal of defense is to get out. <laughs> so if, yeah. if putting players in certain positions helps you get out, then you're fulfilling your goal. It's it's plain and simple. And I bet we're going to start to see some really funky positioning in the near future. And
0: and the development of launch angle says beat the shifts by hitting it over them.
1: yeah (laughs) you know one thing about that is like some parts of the game are evolving in a positive way and some maybe not so much you know I I do miss the art of like hitting in general right now it's all or nothing home runs or strikeouts like strikeouts are completely okay Um, you know even though Snell got taken out the Dodgers only scored two runs if we had some pretty good hitting at the plate you know we could easily get a scratch for a run um you know get get a gun base somehow bunt them over drive them in you know i miss that kind of baseball too sometimes
2: it's really good power point, bats dude. power arms yeah well think about this power when bats, launch angle started coming along it was by the astros and look at how they were knowing what was coming. So. That's where I, I knew this whole thing was a myth, dude. I literally called it I put a tweet out and I deleted it like 2 years ago. I was so mad and one day. I was like this launch angle stuff sucks. Like watch the Astros like have something um, like hidden about it. Like it's totally opposite. Well, maybe launch angle wasn't, but the the knowing what pitch is coming makes it a little easier to put the ball in the air, so Look at that, right? Oh, they're they're progressive. They're teaching this new swing that they're doing. No, they just know what's coming. They hit it out front. They hit freaking bombs. Like, nothing really changes, right? Like, I have too many kids that that are so mechanical, and that's all they're thinking is their mechanics. My shoulder, my elbow, my arms, my this, my that. Whatever happened to C ball hit ball? Like, I'm not going to hit anything if I'm thinking everything. So, simplify the game, kids. And for the parents... Stop trying to teach him eighty different YouTube videos and Twitter man stuff. Like, just let him hit the ball. Like, let's play wiffle ball. Let's play pepper, like QB said, and let's just get back to the basics. Good hand-eye coordination. Be a good hitter. That involves hitting the ball to all parts of the field and being consistent at the plate, swinging at my pitch.
0: Uh, Eugene Bleeker, he does 108 performance and no free ads, but I think he does a great job. And uh, he always talks about over cueing, and you can always tell when a kid. Uh, cueing is basically saying something that's going to remind a player of something to do. And you can always tell that kid in Little League that has been clearly over-cued because it looks like this very out-of-rhythm robotic dance rather than a fluid. Hey, maybe it doesn't, it's not mechanically sound, but it's going to be fluid and eventually it'll work. It's it's tough, but I think you just let the kid be an athlete. Swing the thing hard and see what happens.
2: Dude, I like the over I mean,. I see it all the time, Q. I'm sure you see it all the time with some of your athletes. Like, there's a parent that sits behind there and says, Don't pull this, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. It's like, I want them to fail. I want my athletes to fail so they can start to figure it out. Because my biggest reward, like, you'll see two things out of me when you work with me in the cage or any camp or whatever. One, a good take fires me up. Like, that just like lights me on fire. Good take. Two, an athlete making an adjustment on their own without me having to say anything or mom and dad yelling in the back, hit the ball harder, blah, 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 like, no, that is no nothing accomplished. All I see is little Johnny turn around looking for mom and dad. Where are they? Um, Are they watching me bearing down my neck? No, that doesn't do anything for us. We've got to be supportive. And I love when I see an athlete make an adjustment on their own, because what we'll tell them is, my goal is for you to go into the game and be your own best coach. So you don't have to listen to anybody else. You know what to do. So you make a mistake. Here's how I fix it right away. Make that adjustment from pitch to pitch, which ironically helps you be a really good hitter. So uh, that's just I'm done with my soap opera today. But uh, there's a lot of things that really light me on fire. So I've got a few new videos coming out here, and one's over cueing. That's coming out next week, maybe Middle Game Monday.
1: <laughs> Dude, yeah, you're you're going down a dangerous rabbit hole right now. We could I could spend hours on this stuff, <laughs> but um. Uh, yeah, just like for one example, I mean, I had an athlete. I was, and he's he's a senior in in um, high school now. But uh, basically, I was doing some front toss with him, and for some reason, he could not square a ball up. And I I just said okay, whatever, and I went back to overhand, and he starts piecing everything up, <laughs> and so I'm like, dude, what what is the difference? And, like, what were you thinking about in the front toss and what are you thinking about in the overhand? And he's like, yeah, you know, I was, I was trying to think, like, you know, get my hands, like, direct to the ball, like, all the mechanical stuff in the front toss. And then as soon as I went back, he's like, yeah, it just got firm. So I just said, see, ball, hit ball. And I'm like, oh,
0: what? Let's just stay with that.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's
0: crazy, man. Well, it's, it's such a – an action, like a reactive game that – there's no time to think on a lot of that stuff. And we'll do a lot of overtraining, obviously where you're, you're, you know, we ramp up the fastball machine or the sliders are better than the stuff you're going to see in the game. And it's for that reason, you know, obviously. So you're going to be able to slow it back down again. But if you start thinking too much, I mean, the, the training is done in the cage. Once you get on the field, that's clear mind.
2: Game over, dude. That's why the mind's mm-hmm. the most important part of your performance. So if you're still listening, uh, share that one with your kids <laughs> your mind the most important part and we have a few programs that can help you get the mind right just like your hundred dollar hitting coach is helping you get the swing right or sometimes very wrong Boom.
0: well we might have to dive into the, all that in a whole nother segment i know we got plenty to talk about but let's uh, go ahead and wrap up here we gotta wait we, we, we've done the trick-or-treat game we've gone fast five we're gonna get into a little world series trivia this week I want to see where you guys stand on your knowledge of the World Series game here. So, we'll go number one. What year was the first World Series played? And I'm going to give you a selection of four. 1910, 1884, 1921,
1: or 1903? Oh, I got it. QB, what's your answer? Dude, so, trivia... Anything historical, probably going to get it wrong. But my guess is D. (laughs)
0: 1903. Okay, and by? 1910, baby. Ring, ding, 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 ding. The answer is 1903. (laughs) Very good, Q. Boston Pilgrims were playing the Pittsburgh Pirates.
2: The Boston Pilgrims.
0: Plymouth Rock Stadium. Wow. I'm just playing on that part. I don't know what stayed in the
2: rest.
0: You had me. Question number two. 1 0 QB. Well done. Uh, in what year was game three of the World Series postponed due to an earthquake? 1920, 2001, 1908, 1989.
2: Well, I know it wasn't two thousand one because I'm just gonna throw that out there because it's the D-backs, Yankees, and there ain't no earthquakes in Arizona, baby. We're fresh sailing. We just have fun. I'm gonna get.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you a bonus point if you can name the two teams involved.
2: Nineteen eighty nine, and it had to have been San Francisco, San Francisco <laughs> Giants versus the nineteen eighty nine, the Cleveland Indians.
0: Okay, uh, QB Meyer, chance to rebuttal.
1: Uh, well, I was gonna guess 1989 as well. Uh, but teams, um, let's go with the Dodgers and the Giants.
0: <laughs> <laughs> San Francisco Giants was correct, but it was the Battle of the Bay Boys, Oakland A's, San Francisco Giants.
1: Wow, what was the year? Was it was the year 89?
0: eighty nine, correct. That's a that is a huge, huge deal in the Bay Area. Dude, I knew it had to have been in
2: California because only California really has earthquakes frequently, so it's
0: San Andreas' fault, man. What are you gonna do?
2: A lot of weird <laughs> things happen in California. But they have nice beaches.
0: <laughs> okay, what team won the first indoor game in the World Series history? New York Yankees, Minnesota Twins, Texas Rangers, St. Louis Cardinals.
1: You know, Twins is standing out right now. I guess. Uh,
0: twins it is. 1987, the Twins overpowered St. Louis. 10 to 1.
1: Nice job. Oh, Very nice.
0: Overpowered.
1: So I might be the best guesser in history. 3
0: three to 2. I think this is a little... We're going to have to have you start answering first.
2: Yeah, can you take my test next week? <laughs> All my tests. <laughs> <laughs> I'm take my test?
0: <laughs> Number 4. Who holds the record? For most innings pitched in a single World Series game. Babe Ruth, Cy Young, Whitey Ford, Christy Mathewson. Uh,
2: Christy Mathewson. QB?
1: I'll just go with Cy Young. Cause I, don't, I don't know who the... Uh, aside from Babe Ruth, I don't know who the other two are.
0: <laughs> Take a guess at how many innings before I give you the answer.
2: In the World Series?
0: In one game, yeah.
2: Oh, one game? 16. Uh... Yeah, I was going to say
0: 15. 14. And it was by
2: Babe Ruth, baby.
0: The Babe. Oh,
2: hot dogs and cigars and ice hot cold Hot dogs beer. and cigars. That's a die of freaking tater tots, dude. That, that's, I like that. That arm didn't need any J-bands. <laughs> no J-band, <laughs> no therapy, dude. Just a nice hot tub. Didn't and need it. A night on the town.
0: <laughs> How many home runs did Babe Ruth hit? In his first World Series? Zero. Six. Byler, chance to change your answer.
2: Oh, <laughs> what?
0: Two. <laughs> it was zero. Well done. 1915. <laughs> he only batted once and he rolled over to the first baseman. We we're tied up at three, gentlemen. 1915. Wow, wow that's a- we We're all knotted up here. Uh, we're going to go Price is Right Rules for this one. Okay, you can go as high as, but you can't go over. Okay. What was the longest single game in World Series history by time?
2: Five hours and 35 minutes.
1: I'm going to go eight hours and 30 minutes.
2: Seven hours and
0: 20 minutes. Boston Red Sox, Los Angeles Dodgers in 2018, actually.
2: I knew it was recent. I knew there was.
0: Yeah. So, bye. We're gonna give you that one. Fun fact: that was longer than the entire 1939 World Series was for a time.
2: <laughs> wow, that's a good oh
1: fun fact gosh. out there to pull Did out. Did they out play two like two. three
0: innings? The uh, they. I don't know. They're dead ball era. Um, <laughs> we'll go two more. Excuse me. Prior to the 2017, prior to 2017, how was the home field advantage determined in the World Series?
2: Oh, I should know this.
0: I know you should. Q, do you have it? Was by the don't better record.
1: Do. No, I don't. Oh
2: no! Best record. Best record. Because okay. now it's the World Series, isn't it? If you win the World Series now, or whoever wins the World Series gets home field advantage in the All Star Game.
0: When is the All Star Game?
2: The next year. So it's determined by the year before, I thought, isn't it? So it's
0: home. Home. The, whoever wins the World Series gets to host the All Star Game the following year.
2: No, 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 no. Whoever wins that that league is the home team for the the home team or the or the hosting
0: i I don't know
3: bro (laughs) don't give me that (laughs) no it's
0: no it the home field advantage for the world series used to be determined by the winner of the all-star game oh
2: i'm way off i must have just
1: heard (laughs) I must not be
2: listening to you then
1: (laughs) i wouldn't have guessed anything for all-star game (laughs)
2: Last one here,
0: for three points, and the separator. For three. Prices right rules. Babe Ruth's career World Series ERA. One three one. QB. One three two. Point eight seven. (laughs) Was a legend.
1: Way over. So we're gonna. I knew it was low, I knew it was low, but I mean, I didn't know it was that good. <laughs> it's wow. extremely low.
0: Well, Bzb, I think is, is. I guess we're gonna add you with this one. Congratulations.
2: Yes, yeah, that's, that's an automatic un like, decisive victory. I would not say decisive, but you
0: finished. Um. So yeah, that's kind of it. Bye. Do you want to give these guys a rundown on what we have coming up? Uh, here at MLU.
2: Yes, yeah, couple uh, awesome things. We got three things coming your way real quick. Ship it ship it hip hip hip. Um, virtual camp is going to start in January. We're going to do that. Uh, we've got pre-ordering now. We've got a few sign-ups ready, which is really exciting and we're going to keep pushing that out there a lot more throughout November and December. So that's going to be coming starting in January, the second week of January. Virtual camp. We're going to go over six different topics. It's going to be awesome, a lot of fun. It's going to be really, really beneficial for our athletes. All ages are welcome. It's going to be through Zoom once a week. Um, very easy and affordable to do and very, very beneficial for your career. So that's going to be one thing. Um, Two, we just got solidified. We got word today. December 19th and 20th uh, we're going to host our first ever showcase in Arizona so now that it is live we have to do it so we're going to do it December 19th and 20th Willow Canyon High School here in Phoenix Arizona fired up for that it's going to be an awesome event we've got at least five or six coaches already registered up there that are going to be there and um, from all over the country so that's going to be a great event for any unsigned athletes or just athletes who want to get some work in and play in front of coaches pick their brains. And then following that event, December 21st to 24th, right before Christmas, cannot wait for Christmas, Uh, we're going to be running a winter clinic in Arizona, our first ever winter clinic anywhere. We're super fired up about that, four days, easy, free, not free, but cheap babysitting for you and your kids.
0: We can't thank you guys enough. Uh, it's been another great episode. Do you guys have anything else for the legends that are still listening? Thank
2: you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for still yeah. listening. That's impressive. You've listened thank you listened to for 40
0: minutes. Yeah. So, uh, thank you. All right. That's it. We'll catch you guys next time. You guys have a great week. Peace. Peace.